Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. As we're talking about the quantum realm, we are going to be talking about holographic sound, and it is quantum. It is multidimensional, and we're going to learn the power of holographic sound and how we can use it for healing and for transforming limiting beliefs. My guest today is the renowned Paul Hubert, and he is the founder of the Holographic Sound and Inner Balance Institute, and he has shared the stage with many masters, including Greg Braden and Tom Kenyon and so many more. So we are privileged and honored to have Paul here with us today. Hi, Paul. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Lauren. It's great to be here. We're going to have a great time. We are going to have a great time. You are fresh from Egypt, and we're going to learn about those energies. We can already feel them coming forth, and you're going to share your story of the magic that happens in those very sacred temples. First, as we introduce you to this audience, some may not be familiar with your work. I just want to share that you are a multidimensional sound master, a Reiki master, a crystal power grid worker and an ordained minister, and you've been at this for decades. Let's talk about your awakening process and how you were led to holographic sound. What happened in your life? <laughs> well, uh, my background is actually in psychology, and I, I hold a degree in psychology. I've worked as a counselor for many years, and uh, mainly working with families and working with addictions. And during that time, toward the, the late 80s, I began to focus more and more on working with the belief system and working with grief recovery, and, uh, which is uh, just another form of uh, PTSD, of trauma, of stress. It's all, it all comes together. And the thing about our belief system is that that everything we think, everything we feel, everything we do, everything we say is based on our belief system, what our belief system tells us to do, how it judges situations that we're in. And <clears throat> in 1991, I got a message from Spirit, and the message was, if you don't start using your voice, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And I thought, oh, well, this is great. Um, because that terrified me, you know, to use my voice to vocalize in that manner. And but at the same time, uh, I was much more concerned about regret than I was the fear of moving into my voice. So <clears throat> I began to take steps to move through that fear, working with another, working with a, a voice person, a vocal person or a, a, a musician, singer, uh, to move through my fear of using my voice. And so that was the initial spark that got me into the work. And I, I discovered in short time, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't about using sound for 
uh, for singing, it was about using sound for purposes of healing. And so that led me later on around 1995, I discovered the crystal bowls. And so that, that was a big, you know, a, a big shift. And what I had begun doing was I began to, in working with sound, I began to integrate it into all of my other work into the belief system work, to the grief recovery work, I began to integrate sound into it. And what I discovered was that people, uh, in working with people, they were able to move through energies and move through shifts and transformations a hundred times faster with the sound being integrated with the, tradi the traditional work. Now, about holographic sound, that came in when uh, in 1999 i took my first group to egypt and i've been taking groups to egypt ever since almost every year since that time and when i returned i was invited to go up to canada to present a workshop and it was a belief system workshop with sound and then invited to add some additional pieces working with these particular ascended masters known as the Hathors. And the Hathors are known as masters of sound and love. And I had no idea what I was going to do. I just, uh, I, um, it was, it was a new piece. And so I asked my guides and all of a sudden they just began to download all this information. And the work that they were downloading to me was about holographic sound. And holographic sound is a method of, it's working with sound multidimensionally. And it's a blending of sacred geometry and the sound vibration. And the geometries open the sound up into their multidimensional form. And in doing so, then we hit every level of consciousness when we're using the sound multidimensionally or holographically, rather than uh, using it on a more linear level. And so that's, you know, I've had various awakenings and sparks through time. The, the true holographic sound spark was, was that that began in 1999. So... Well, it's really fascinating. We're going to get more into the sacred geometries and sound and the multidimensionality of it. It really is beautiful. When we hear of the Aborigines singing form into being, uh, that gives us some information. And your work with the Hathers is very interesting. We're going to get there as well. And I wanted to ask you, when you there's so many light workers that are fearful of using the voice i mean i hear that all the time <laughs> so do i fearful of being seen fearful of stepping out fearful of being judged when you went through your healing process there fear of using your voice what did you discover about yourself that that created that fear well the fear i i had always been pretty introverted as, as a child. <clears throat> now that began to change as I got older, but significantly older when I was in my, my 20s, late 20s, on into my 30s. That's when um, 
the inhibition was was lessened. It was still there, though. And so, uh, you know, many times as a child, you know, so many of us, you know, we'll hear things, and this goes into our belief system, we'll hear things like, um, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. You know, don't, uh, we, so many things we'll hear, it's like, uh, don't cry, you know, don't, um, don't speak out of turn, or if you, if you like to sing and you sing along with songs and your voice isn't really developed, and so you don't really sound all that great, and people start criticizing you for it, and you begin to go inward and shut down that, you know, that voice. And it's, it's actually a form of trauma. You know, it's, it's an emotional, it's an abusive emotional response, even though sometimes people, they don't, um, uh, they don't mean to, uh, you know, like uh, hit us in that way. But as a child, we, you know, we'll, we, we take things, we don't have the tools that we have as an adult. And so we don't always interpret things quite as they're meant to be. And so those things, they go into blocking our throats. And then of course, there's always the aspect of, uh, if you're, if you believe in past lives, uh, so many have been, their, their throats have been blocked about speaking truth. You know, uh, because we've we've been persecuted over and over and over for, for speaking our truth. So therefore, we just shut down. And all of that goes into not just vocalizing, but simply speaking and speaking out. So that's that's a lot of the stuff that leads to that that trauma or that fear around the voice. Well, I'm glad that you moved through it because you have a very rich voice. It's very resonant and you use it. And wow, the work that you do now, it's it's the backbone of uh, the healing process. I love how you've integrated um, the techniques of psychology and counseling with sound for great transformation of belief systems. So yeah, thank you. As we get there, I'd like to ask you about... Well, there's many questions I've got. Let's first go to um, toning. You, um, when did you discover? Did you? When did you discover toning? Is this after you found you were using your voice? And what happened when you discovered toning? Did that help a memory of a past life? Well, I I I discovered the toning in the shower. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I would early on, I would practice uh, oftentimes, you know, singing and and vocalizing. I would practice in the shower because, you know, what else are you doing? You know, you, so you I may as well multitask. And so I would sing and practice. And I had a very specific experience uh, in the beginning where I was singing a song and I was just uh, sounding the melody of the song and all of a sudden things just went free form and the sound just began to take on a life of its own. And that's really one of the, the 
primary transformative experiences that I had when that when that free form that was when I really moved into toning. And that's what really showed me how uh, the toning and the sound vibration could affect because I, I was going through an experience uh, or a, a time in my life where I was I was kind of anxious, wasn't wasn't sleeping very well. And so this this toning experience came up and it kept coming up day after day. And all of a sudden, after a few days, I realized that I was sleeping well, the anxiety was gone. And that's when I knew what the path was about. And so, and that's what really opened me up to toning, to the aspect of, of toning. Uh, you know, we don't need words. You know, the vibration will move in. And, and as you'll probably ask, ask me something later on about this, but the sound vibration, the sound will follow the intentions that we set for ourselves. And that's how we do the healing work is by setting those intentions and then bringing through through the specific sounds. And the one of the keys around bringing the sound through is that realize that once we move into toning and once we move into channeling the sound, then that's not a left brain thing anymore. You know, that's not... Um, that's not, uh, it's, it's like we're bringing in the vibrational energy from a higher dimensional level. We're not thinking it through any longer. We're intuiting it. And when we bring it through that way, the important thing that I try to stress to people is there's no need and there's really no room for judgment at that point because you're bringing through higher vibrational energy and as long as you're coming from your heart and following that intention of unconditional love you're set you know you're on the track and there's just no room for judgment at that point because you're literally doing the work of god you know you're literally doing the work of spirit at that point so I, I certainly don't want to judge spirit, you know, or our God in for as what sounds come through. And sometimes the sounds, the tones are weird. And if I was thinking about them, I probably wouldn't do it. But the thing is, is you move that judgment and that thought process to the side and just let it flow. Just let it move through you and create. And then we experience the healing. Wow, beautiful. I want to share a quick anecdote, a quick story that confirms that the power of the toning, even in my own life, and I learned how I myself judged myself from what others thought of my singing. And when I went yeah. through lessons, I discovered I would cry when I would sing a certain harmonization. And it, and it brought back memories of holding babies in other lifetimes and actually being taken out because I was a singer. And yeah. then one time toning in my house, I did what you just mentioned and let the, the energy come through, just let it come through. My animals bounded into the room and because they loved it. And I remembered something about myself in Lemuria and I saw the judgment that I turned on myself. 
So that was really healing. And the rest of the afternoon was, was really wonderful. The magic that happened as I continued to tone, which was very natural and, and kind of strange. You would, yeah. that's where we are limiting ourselves. So this has been done um, on animals. It's really interesting. I had an, a baby owl fly into a window, uh, fly into the pane, the window glass, mm-hmm. and knocked itself out. And my first instinct was just to tone at it. And as I was toning, I heard very clearly, believe. And I kept toning and this baby owl popped up on its feet. It had its eyes closed for a while. And I thought it was dead right there. I thought it was dead on its feet. But then its eyes opened up and it looked straight at me. And after about eight minutes of toning like this, the toning started sounding like an owl. It wasn't me. It was very interesting. And then that owl flew away. So this is the power. This is source energy. It is, that's the multidimensionality of sound. Is that right? Yeah. Correct. Correct. Wow. So toning is source energy that we're bringing through. As you said, we set the intentions for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So now the Hathors, the Hathors, what does... What, who are the Hathors for those <laughs> with them? Uh, we've seen their image uh, in Egypt with the ears and things. And are they your guides? Are they here holding space with you? Are they giving you the downloads? They are. They are. The, the Hathors typically, when I'm doing sound work, they're the ones bringing through the vibration. They're the ones bringing through the sounds, the tones. Um, I do work with other masters. I work uh, very directly with Archangel Michael. And Michael, it's the Hathors, while they're not of an angelic nature, they're very angelic in their essence. Uh, they're, They're androgynous beings. They present in masculine and feminine forms, but yet they're androgynous. They're in perfect balance within the form that they present in. And the Hathors have been working with us for literally hundreds of thousands of years. And they were invited to come to work. They're not from Earth. And they were invited to come to work with Earth and work with humans by the Ascended Master, Sanat Kamara. And Sanat Sanat Kamara is, he's known sometimes as the Ancient of Days. And he's the, also known as the Planetary Logos. And he's the Ascended Master that's worked with us, with humans and Earth, longer than any others that we know of. And he invited the Hathors. One of the beautiful things about the Hathors is that they've lived third dimensional life and they've ascended and they ascended as a race. And that's the path that that us humans are on is to ascend as a race. And it may happen in a couple of waves, but nonetheless, ascend as a group. And this is this is also how the Hathors move through their ascension. And there now they reside much in the fifth dimension, some higher, but predominantly in the fifth dimension. And in their journey to come to Earth, they first went to Sirius. And in Sirius, they worked with dolphins and whales. 
and trained with the dolphins and whales. And from there on to Venus, and then from Venus to Earth. And um, Lauren, as you mentioned, uh, it, you know, anyone who's been to Egypt, I'm sure you've seen any anywhere beyond just going to the pyramids. I'm sure you've seen uh, in the hieroglyphs and sculptings of the Hathors. And um, there, there are many at the Temple of Isis. Uh, there's also a Temple of Hathor, which is uh, in Dendara. And uh, at the Temple of Hatshepsut in the Valley of the Kings or near the Valley of the Kings, there are beautiful sculptings of Hathors there. And um, they, they, uh, <laughs> they range from about 12 to 18 feet tall. And if you're familiar, and I'm sure you, if you're not, you will be with the new movie coming out, uh, the movie Avatar. They look very similar to those beings. It kind of makes you wonder where Hollywood gets some of their ideas. Um, as far as height and stature, they're, they're very similar in, how, in their appearance. And they love to have fun. They love to, to be joyful, um, you know, uh, just to, to be light. Now they you know, they don't, um, they don't mince words, you know, they'll, they'll share whatever they're going to share. They'll let you know how it is, but they're not going to, they're not going to tell you what's going to happen. They at times may give different possibilities, but it's still up to us to make the choices that we make. And those choices will determine the paths that we take. They, um, they just, they give very unconditionally. And again, they just love to have fun. They'll mess with you and play with you and, um, just have a good time. They're wonderful beings to work with. So. Yeah. So I, one question is if they're so well represented image wise in Egypt, did they walk on earth with us or were they guides with people? They, in a sense, walked on earth, but not in the third dimension. So as, as we move from Atlantean times into Egyptian times, our vibration was declining. And it, it's not something that's good or bad. It's just something that happens. You know, we're like on a pendulum and we swing from one side to the other. And we were swinging slowly into that lower vibrational energy. And as we moved into Egypt, the Hathors were very, very present and interactive with us. And as our vibration as humans got denser, then they began to, not that they went in, they didn't go away. We just were not able to see them any longer because our vibration was dropping. And then we went on and and moved on and dropped even more, went on through what we know as the Dark Ages. And our vibration went pretty low at that point and then began to slowly 
rise again. And it's again, it's just simply that pendulum that's swinging. And around 1999, our vibration hit a point to where things really are, are we, we really excelled and our vibration made a significant shift. And that's around the time that the holographic sound energy became available to us once again, because we lost the ability to use holographic sound when our vibration dropped. And again, 1999, 2000, our vibration had risen to a point to where we could again hold that energy and hold that multidimensional vibration. And the Hathors, they didn't, they never, they didn't go anywhere. They've, they've been with us, as I mentioned before, for thousands and thousands of years. We just weren't able to see them unless you were clairvoyant. You know, and those that had that gift would be able to still see them. But our, the average, our average person, they were, they were not visible to us. We might sense them or sense something and maybe not even know what it is. Um, I, I know we look back in our, our music history and I know the Hathors were present with many of the great musicians. Uh, of old times, uh, even our rock musicians. I know the Hathors have been present with them, assisting and, and guiding and bringing through certain aspects of the songs that they create. So they're, you know, they're like, pretty cool. They are pretty cool. So like the Beatles, the Beatles, for example, were they, do you think that they were working or guiding or influencing the Beatles? Absolutely. Absolutely. And not all the time, mm -hmm. but periodically, you know, and it's the same for all of us. You know, we, we do our, we're humans, you know, we do our own thing. And when we focus and truly open up to that spirit flow, to that divine energy coming through to create, then they're there. And they're, I mean, they're, they're ready to work with us whenever we're ready to work with them. That's my next question is how would we connect with them? And, you know, your own experience when they connected with you, what was that like? Um, were you just in, how did you recognize it's the Hathors and how would we each recognize the Hathors? Would we invoke them? And maybe they've been working with us and we just don't know it. So and that's, that that was my first experience they had been working with me for some time and i didn't i didn't even i didn't know who it was i didn't know what energy was working with me and really helping to instrument changes and um options for what direction what path i wanted to take and then uh, in the 90s truly who helped me to identify the Hathors in my life was Tom Kenyon. Mm -hmm. And working with Tom through the 90s was an extraordinary time. And if you're familiar with Tom, if you're not, you should get familiar with Tom. Uh, but and he's very connected with the Hathors. And he helped me to identify these goofy beings that were working with me. And uh so then it's like it became very clear and 
there was never any threat around their presence and, and they're such loving beings uh you 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 just can't go wrong working with these guys they're they're awesome and for others like uh like lauren like you like you mentioned invoke them you can absolutely invoke them because they're around and they'll work with you if you're interested so simply invoke them and then listen and remember they work with sound they work with sound they work with the feeling body the emotional body so they'll they'll express and work with you through the emotional body and they'll work with you through sound so when you use sound for healing and transforming limiting beliefs belief systems are they there working was that developed with them uh, did they give processes for that well i'd like to say that no that i did it all by myself <laughs> but that's not the case um, and in fact not just the hathors but other masters as well uh, again archangel michael uh, working with the divine mother working with saint germain um, saint germain is really big on assisting with clearing works and so it was a combination of masters coming through to assist in in the blend of the work now early on i learned the the scientific essence and the the details around the belief system work but the creation of sound working with the beliefs and and working with the that that patterning that um that tends to run our body or run our life and and bringing that together that was a co-creative experience they most definitely uh played a part a big part in assisting in, in directing in how to fully bring that together effectively okay very cool thank you i want to ask you more about holographic sound that is uh, an esoteric term and multi-dimensional can you how do you describe holographic sound well i describe holographic sound in that as simple as terms is is that it's multi-dimensional sound and as i i've actually mentioned before the the multi the multi-dimensionalness of it is it's it's a method actually a technique in using the geometries and with the geometries blending with the sound the sound will will meld with the geometries and in doing so it opens into its multi-dimensional form into its like a global globalistic form um and the thing is, is, is not doing that sound is still powerful, but it's on a more linear level, a more linear basis. And so the, the multidimensional aspect in opening to that aspect, we're hitting every level of consciousness. When we do that, we're, we're working with the emotional body. We're working with 
uh, our senses all the way. We're working with our chakras. We're working with our system beyond the seven chakras within the physical body. We're working with universal consciousness when we're using sound holographically or multidimensionally. We're just, we're hitting every level there. It's like all the veils are dissolved and transcended when we move into that level of the use of sound. Is that, does that kind of answer that question? It does. And the sacred geometry piece is intriguing. So how would we work with this? How would we um, work with the tools? How would we, would we just begin toning, setting our intention? Is it that simple? Well, to begin with, it is. You've, you've got to get comfortable first with creating the sound. And <clears throat> truly, the sound doesn't just have to be created from your voice. It can be created through any instrument, uh, through crystal bowls, which is one of my main tools. And uh, it could be a guitar, it could be simply through music and singing. You can create the sound holographically. It's about using the techniques of the geometries. And um, I teach this work specifically. And I teach a certification training in and guiding people into the techniques and learning how to open the sound up into its multidimensional nature, into its multidimensional form. And it's it's not something that just necessarily happens. It happens through intention, you know, through learning the techniques. And one of the things that I'm uh, offering. A couple things I'm offering in this experience today, and one is we'll you know we'll probably get to this in a minute, but um, for everyone that's present or or will be present at various times, I have put together a about a 20 23 minute sounds healing experience for you. Um, and I'm not going to go into that anymore right now. We can touch on that toward the end. But um, something else that I'm offering is uh, the opportunity to move into the initial aspects of working with sound holographically. And, uh, and that, Lauren, um, well, I don't know. We can talk about that whenever, whenever you feel like it's time. But um, it's it's something. It's a special offer that that I have that will work with people and assist people into moving into those first steps into creating that sound holographically, into delving deeper into transforming, um, transforming the any blocks that may be holding you back from that. So beautiful. Thank you. Well, we want to just mention briefly here that your special offer is that course and it is here on the web page that you're watching this on or you can see it in our zoom audience chat box. We put the link in there. It's quite beautiful. And you do such tremendous work that it's when we talk about it like this, it makes it much more simply 
than it is. So you go d- deep into these topics. Yeah. So uh, the vibration of creation, how do we connect to the vibration of creation? You mentioned it a little bit with our intention and sound. Is that it or is there more? Well, the vibration of creation, here's the thing. <laughs> creation is vibration. Everything has been created through the essence of vibration. Everything has sound vibration uh, or sound vibration is the essence of everything. When we look at our bodies, our bodies have many, many frequencies throughout the body, depending on uh, on the density and the fluidity and all of that. And each one has its own particular tone, particular sound frequency. And when they come together in the body, it's, it's like uh, a beautiful symphony of sound, our bodies. And when we're not feeling well, when something's going on in simple terms, whether it's physical or emotional, in simple terms, we're just vibrating out of tune. You know, we're, we're just a little bit off and, or maybe a lot off in some cases. But what we can do is with focused intention and bringing through the specific tones, we can shift things and help the body tune itself up. Because in, in truth, as far as the body goes, the fields around our bodies hold all information for perfect health of, of the body. And so we, we can tap into that field and get that perfect vibration for whatever part of the body might be ailing us. And at that point, bringing in the specific tones, the specific sounds to help the body tune itself back up. Because truly what we do, sound healing, or, or I shouldn't say not sound healing, but healing is in a sense a misnomer. Because the, the truth is, is what we're doing is we're assisting the body in manifesting good health. Because the body has all it needs. We just have to tap into it and remind it of what it's forgotten. Because when we get, when we're ill, it's the body has forgotten about that health. And so we remind it so it can bring it back into that perfect harmony. And the vibration of creation is simply, it's, it's the vibration that is all around us. It is literally everything. And it's not just one vibration. It's billions of vibrations of frequencies. And it's, that's creation. That's creation. And when, um, one of the things that plays into this is our imagination and so many people you know we many of us have been taught as children that the imagination is not real you know it's just it's imaginary you know it just doesn't exist it's just oh you're just imagining that well what i want to say quickly about that is that the imagination is very real in fact there's nothing that has been manifest on this earth that didn't first start in someone's imagination. The imagination is the doorway that spirit uses 
to move into our physical presence, into our physical awareness. And then from the imagination, then the things move into physical being and we manifest. You know, it's like back uh, talking about uh, the writings of creation. It says first was the word. The word is sound vibration. And then from the word, all things were created. That's the sound vibration moving into physical manifesting. And uh, another uh, side around that, another writing that, that talks much about sound is uh, the Vedas. And the Vedas, if you're not familiar with the Vedas, it's an, it's an ancient text, predates both Christian Bibles, or I shouldn't say both Christian Bibles, both Bibles, written by sages, by masters. It was found in India, and there's a particular phrase in the Vedas, and the phrase is Nada Brahman. Nada Brahman. And what that means is the world is sound. The world is sound. Everything has a sound resonance, a sound vibration. Everything is a part of the vibration of creation. Wow, uh, that is beautiful. And the imagination, it makes us really want to go play more with our imagination and use it more. And as sound, the world is sound. It brings up an idea that, um, you know, sometimes sound can be irritating for us. Um, mm -hmm. Weed whackers, for example, there's a big <laughs> weed whackers. They're, they're like, they're so old school, but they're very present. And so, or construction noise. So knowing this, knowing that sound is the world, the world is sound, that will help us. How can we use our imagination to change our reaction or our, our response to a lot of external noise? Well, and uh, that's a good point in that all sounds are not productive. There are sounds that are harmful to our system, like, like for you, weed whackers. Now, they... Um, you know, and different people will have different um, uh, interactions with those particular sounds. Now, the thing that we can do is to change our, our perspective of the experience. So when it comes to weed whackers, change your perspective of how you look at that and looking at that as it's breaking up blockages in your system so that you can now go and bring in some harmony, go listen to something beautiful or harmonious, and then it takes that breakage up and just washes it away. So use those uncomfortable sounds and reframe how you look at them and know that, that while sometimes they're irritable or irritating, they can serve a purpose if we utilize them that way. One of the things that, that I've practiced over the years is learning to meditate at the airport, mm -hmm. you know, because the airport is, it's, it's crazy. It's chaotic energy. There's sounds coming through people coming over the loudspeakers all the time. And, you know, all of, all of that stuff. And, 
if you can practice being silent and meditating in a surrounding like that, boy, that's a gift. You know, that's, and the thing is, is all of the disruptive things, learning to walk through them with grace and ease, that's truly a gift. And so changing our perspective of how we're viewing them rather than getting irritated, mad at them, and could you just shut up, you know, and all of this, shift the way you're looking at it. And in that shift in, in perceptive, your, your perception of it, then you can transform it or allow it to be used as something useful. Yes, allowing instead of resisting, beautiful, beautiful. And, and you know, what we persist or what we resist persists. And uh, uh, resistance is futile. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Star Trek, okay. Um, well then, it's beautiful because that's where we can play with the imagination even more and say, that um, they're dredging out dense energies. The sound is dredging out dense energies and then replacing it. Okay, very good. So when it comes to limiting belief systems, how would you use sound to get over poverty consciousness or belief systems that could be subconscious in ourselves? Well, <clears throat> Typically, most of our belief system is, is subconscious you know, or unconscious. And <clears throat> the thing about the belief system is by the time we're a, around five years old, 75% of our belief system is developed. Five years old. By the time we're 20, thereabouts, another 20% has been developed. 95% of our belief system is developed by the time we just get out of teens. And so that leaves us 5% to play with, which isn't much. And, but the good news is with focused intent, we can go in and shift and transform beliefs and transform the system, our belief system, or the patterning that we have been living with that's not serving us. So one of the key, two key things with working with the belief system and shifting beliefs. And this, this first thing is something that, you know, we've probably heard of, or most of us have heard of all our lifetimes. We're told about it, but nobody really tells us how to do it. And that's forgiveness. And working in and see, if you've got beliefs that, that, uh, that have been plaguing you, that just aren't serving you any longer, know, know one thing, that very possibly as a child, they protected you and kept you safe. But as we become adults, then they begin to work against us. And you'll see this a lot in relationships. And so at that point, that's the time we need to look at making a, a transformation and shifting them into something new. And again, just like the sounds, the irritable sounds, we do it much the same way. 
we go back to those experiences as best we can, those memories of early on, and look at them from a new perspective and find out what we can gain from the experience, what it has to show us that, that we can learn from, that we can shift into. And most of the time, what that requires is forgiveness. If it's uh, around abuse, whether it be emotional, physical, sexual, uh, that has created uh, limiting beliefs for us or fears, what it's going to entail is doing some forgiveness work. And there's a key thing about forgiveness, and that is that forgiveness is it's not about making something one thing right and the other thing wrong. It's simply that I'm tired of this, excuse my French crap hanging on and I want to let it go and I want to move forward. That's what forgiveness is about. It has really nothing to do with the other person or the circumstance. It's all about you. And it's all about you deciding, I no longer want to carry this with me, so I'm going to forgive that situation or that person or persons. I'm going to forgive them, and I'm going to move on. And then from there, moving into a state of gratitude and finding uh, a sense of uh, simply gratitude, just being grateful for having had the experience and being able to move through it and being able to gain and learn whatever it is that's there to be learned from it. And, you know, some, some teachings will say forgive and forget. And I don't agree with that. I believe we forgive, but we don't forget. We release and let it go. But we don't want to necessarily forget it because we want to learn what it is that it has. It's a gift. It's truly a gift. So we don't want to forget the gift aspect of it. And so those are two key things in the transformation and blending the sound vibration with that. There's just no stopping you. You know, you are able to harness all power in creating the transformation that you're desiring when you bring that holographic sound vibration into it. So, um, because what that does is it helps you to, to go deeper more quickly and it helps to, to uh, transcend the vibration, to transform it, and it helps to anchor in, anchor in the results on the other side. So as far as intention goes with all of that, and something to focus on regularly is whatever it is you want to release and resolve and move through and change of your belief system, imagine what it would be like to have that changed. Imagine what your life would be if that was no longer an issue in your life. What would you do at that point? What could you do? What, what could you experience and enjoy and have in your life if those limiting beliefs were no longer present? So that's your intention 
Your intention is to see that completed result, that conclusion, that, that thrill and enjoyment on the other end, on the other side. That's the intention that you set for yourself and then bring the holographic sound through and it will follow that intention and enhance the other work that you're doing. So that's how you make a shift. Yeah, that's beautiful. And as you were speaking, I know that we were, each of us were in our minds going through things, limiting belief systems that we want to release. And we were already beginning to do that. So now it feels like we all just want to go sing and hum and, <laughs> you know, all the time, make noise, make sound, get out the crystal bowls and just be happy with it. And it comes back to the story that I shared in the beginning about the baby owl that helped harmonize the baby owl. Would yeah. you say there's something going on there? Absolutely. And I heard believe. So there was something uh, illustrating what you were just sharing through that story. And your belief is, is, is see, you literally, from, from my sense of this, you literally began to connect with that little baby owl at a higher vibrational level. And so that owl was able to pick up that essence and energy as well as you picking up the energy of spirit as to what to do. And, and that explains why the, the tone turned into the sound of an owl hoot. And it wasn't me. I was not doing it at all. I was just a witness to it. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Okay. So the world, we need to be humming and chanting and toning <laughs> all of it every day yeah yeah sound uh, music is just can you imagine a world without music uh, you know what i use it every day it lifts my spirits you know and that's just regular mainstream music and so no i can't imagine a world and when we are sad and maybe uh depressed it lifts our spirit it opens yeah. our heart over and over again. So yes, I can see how the Hathers have been working with our musicians and even uh, beings beyond. It, it, it is multidimensional. And so how in the world can we even exist on this planet thinking that we're the only beings in the, in the universe or the galaxy? I know. How, yeah. How in the world? And this brings us now to Egypt and your, your trip to Egypt because how in the world can these relics of the past with beings like the Hathors and other beings, you know, you've got um, Toth and all these other beings that are non-human. Um, wow, it's just amazing. So that right there is illustration that there is this past and you take trips there almost every year. I do. What was this most recent trip like and how do you connect to the energies? What what did you guys witness this trip? Well, here's the beauty of when I when I go over with groups, here's the beauty is that everyone that that goes there, they've got a, some there's a some draw that brings them to want to go to Egypt and have that experience. And <clears throat> that draw is that everyone in the group there are encodements there are energies held within each person 
that will correlate and have responding energies in Egypt at the different temples. And everyone will have their own specific essence and energy. See, going to Egypt, it's not just a, a take experience. It's a give and take. And we bring energies to those temples and to the masters, to the beings that are present in that that experience and that kind of experience. And we bring the energies, the encodements that we have and the encodements, the energies of the temples will again correlate with those that are on the group or that are a part of the group. And each person, there'll be something different that, that sets them off. You know, there'll be uh, uh, somebody might that might find their um, their uh, joining or uh, activation at the Temple of Isis. And it might not be just at the Temple of Isis. It might be in a specific room in the Temple of Isis. It might be in the birthing room or it might be in uh, the Holy of Holies, the sanctuary of the temple. It could be anywhere throughout and people it's like then that's that's the um the piece that where they really connect or it could be at the temple of hathor or the temple of horus or abydos where you find the flower of life and i i believe these all connect in part from past lives you know, their their uh, past lives that people have had where they have had experiences. And and don't get me wrong, everybody wasn't Isis, you know. <laughs> everybody wasn't uh, Horus or Thoth or, or Osiris or whoever, you know. It, and, and in fact, in truth, that's really not that important. The, the thing is, is the essence and what it enlivens within you when you have that experience. And I guarantee with people that you will experience an activation when you go. The The person that you are before going, you will not be the same person when you return because you will have shifted and transformed. And that's the transformation that occurs in some, and some people it might be in the Great Pyramid. Um, but I tell you, it's Egypt is a magical place and don't underestimate the, the power is not quite the right word, but don't underestimate the gifts and the transformation that you can experience through an experience like this. I mean, it's, it's a journey of a lifetime. And I've been gifted with being able to take that journey over 23 times now. And I'm planning to keep on. Um, it's, it's just a transformative opportunity for, for everyone. I mean, it, it will move you to a whole new existence. And you can talk to anybody that's been on the journeys and, and, They'll confirm that for sure. Oh, yes. Uh, I've um, heard many people return from Egypt and leading groups and including yourself. And it really is magical. And it what is. I find interesting is I 
I've never had that draw, but I've recently in the past two years had this draw to go to Egypt. So how beautiful. Maybe that's a past life that I'm working through. Um, because if we resist something, there's something there that we have to take a look at. So really wonderful. Thank you for sharing on that. Oh my goodness. Um, I wanted to point our beautiful audience to the sound experience on the webpage that got you here to this call today. At the bottom of it, we have the sound multidimensional healing experience with Paul Hubert. It's 24 minutes and it is, it, we're not going to play it right here. This is for you guys to take as a gift and to listen again at your own time, in your own space, and witness for yourself what we can do here. As you were sharing about how we can use this sound to manifest and release belief systems, this is what we would intend with this sound piece. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Yes, it's a, it's a transformative holographic sound experience. And I put it together for you as a gift. So whatever your intentions, set your intentions and remember to set those as a completed experience imagine that completed whatever it is that you want to to shift to transform to heal whatever it is imagine it being done and set your intention accordingly uh, and it could simply be i just want to really have a good enlightening experience whatever it is set that intention accordingly and go with this this journey and allow it to transform your life allow it to transform your experience beautiful again that is on the web page i'll put that web page again into the zoom chat line and again for those who are watching this video elsewhere in the description box you will find a link to the page and that is where you can find the holographic sound multi-dimensional healing experience beautiful paul thank you so much we also have a way that people can work with you and take these teachings deeper. You have a special offer. The link is also in the Zoom chat box. It's yes. also connected on the page that we just put out for everyone. And this is activating the higher vibrational unity chakra system and enlivening the holographic Merkaba light body. Tell us about this course, please. Well, this, this is the foundation of moving into the holographic sound work. Um, this will help to raise your vibration to, I mentioned around 1999, 2000, we went through a transformational experience as humans. And the, the transformation that, had, that began to occur at that time was our vibration is rising. And with a rising vibration, that means the chakras are shifting their vibration. Each of the vibrational energies of the chakras have shifted. And when you experience a shift in a vibration in a frequency, the color that's emitted from that frequency will shift and change as well. And so this process works with the higher vibrational energies, the new high vibrational energies that are moving into each of the chakras. So don't be surprised 
when you find that, for instance, the second chakra is now resonating with emerald green, because green being a, a very healing energy and the green vibration is moved into the second chakra and helping to transform. And, and those of you uh, that are uh, more into healing work, you know, the second chakra is that's where the traumas are held. That's where uh, emotional issues and concerns, sexual stuff is held. Um, and this is about shifting and raising all of that to a higher vibration so we can move beyond that stuff. And so that's occurring with each of the chakras. And then also bringing in what are known as the oversoul chakras. And the oversoul chakras, they're the higher vibrational chakras that literally encompass the entire universe. The entire universal energy and essence, everything, all that is, is held within the oversoul chakra system. And so you'll get to experience the unity chakra system activation. And then from there, move on into activating your light body, your Merkaba. And some of you, I'm sure, may have done some Merkaba work in the past. This just takes it to a, another level and nothing, uh, uh, nothing against anything you've done already. It just enhances one another. So this is what I offer to you. And again, this is the foundation for the holographic sound healing work. So I hope you enjoy it. Yes, and learn from it and use it as a foundation in working with sound. I know so many of us, I would, I would venture to say that everyone listening and watching this episode truly resonates with the power of sound. We've been drawn to the power of sound. We've played with the power of sound. We've felt the shift that sound gives us. And so what a great introduction to our own deeper journey into sound, working with our physical body and our chakras as it leads us into higher consciousness. So thank you for that, Paul. And as we as we wrap up our episode today, I wanted to just say, let's zoom out and look at the current world that's out there, the seemingly chaos that's out there, uh, the shift that's, that, that is well underway, and the importance of your work and this work. What drives you as we look outside and yet we come back to this work? Is there anything you'd like to offer on that? Well, we have clearly been through a chaotic time and we're still moving through that chaotic time. And it's we've we've over the past couple of years, we've experienced some really disturbing stuff, you know, some crazy stuff going on. Um, and it's, you know, nothing to it. Well, I shouldn't say that, but um, you know, people have made the choices that they've made in the particular directions they've chosen to go, and that's fine. Nonetheless, whatever choices you've made, there's still been a lot of chaotic energy and things going on. It's been kind of wild and crazy out there. And we have recently, even though the chaos is still occurring, there's been a shift. And the shift has, it's, 
it's almost like it has assisted us in rising upward beyond much of the chaos. Now, we can still see it around and see that it's going on, but we've got that gift, that opportunity to step above it and to and and that in itself will assist when we stop paying attention to the chaos and start paying attention to the balance the chaos will really begin to dissipate because it thrives on attention you know it thrives on um that emotional or that uh, drama you know and when we move beyond that just take a step it's not it's not like we have to do something really big just take a little step above and things will shift and things are shifting and as we continue to move above the chaos then it will begin to dissipate more and more and as we move into this new year god what a great opportunity right now we're sitting we're sitting under the, if you're tuned in live at this moment or today at some time, we're tuned in under the full moon. And what a perfect time for manifesting. I mean, to set your intentions and to manifest those intentions. And moving into the new year, uh, it's, it's just we're going to, we're moving into an experience, into a time that is transformative and phenomenal um and by all means you know getting into the the moments of where we're at right now uh, i want to wish everyone a amazing and beautiful holiday season whatever you might um you know whatever you might be celebrating have an awesome time doing it and and even more so awesome new year because the new year coming up is we're in for a ride but it's a joyous one so just buckle your seatbelt and hang on because it's just going to get cooler and cooler and cooler as we go and use your imagination and birth new earth and Wow, sing and tone and play your sound. Absolutely, okay. Beautiful, Paul, thank you so much for this quantum conversation today. Again, we wanna direct people to your sound healing multidimensional experience and also the offer to work with you on that. Those are beautiful items that people can use in their life to make their life better. All right, final thoughts as we say goodbye. Well, one, uh, Lauren, I just want to thank you for the opportunity, for the gift of being able to be here and be present. My, my goal and my intention is to be able to share this work with as many as I can while I'm walking this earth. So, uh, and I, I have done many things throughout my life and many various practices and the holographic sound work, the working, the work with sound, the work with music, there's nothing that I found more powerful. So just embrace it, you know, and, and go for it. 
shoot for the moon, and if you miss it, you'll end up with in in the stars. Beautiful. So, yes. Well, it's inspiring because for those who are shy, who face the same situation as you, not being able to feel comfortable sharing your voice, it is empowering, inspiring for all of us to step up. As we were sharing, we're feeling most people with the desire to do things differently, to do things new. And we're getting ready to do that in a new way. And it takes confidence and boldness and imagination and sound. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Paul. You're Thank welcome. You. Many blessings. Blessings. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Your light is most appreciated, and we love you. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this quantum conversation and thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste.